couple of quick notes if you missed it overnight James Harden finally got traded in the NBA we're not a huge NBA show until college football is completely over but that was um that was impressive to see James Harden wiggle his way out of another situation and the Thunder did win last night to improve to three and one on the season they beat the Pistons 124 to 112. Is it too early or right about time to say, yeah, OKC's good? Right about time, baby. Though there was quite the humbling that came on Sunday to where you realize the level that you need to be at. Yeah, they're good, but they're not great. Right. That's right. Which, I mean, that's probably to be expected. I still think the win at Cleveland is the most impressive win they've had so far this season. That's a good Cavs team. I mean, geez, they... They sent the Bulls to have a players-only meeting after game one. Tomorrow night, they get the New Orleans Pelicans, whose beak can hold more than its belly can. Do we care that Harden's going to the Clippers? I don't know. That's a good-looking question. I don't know. The Clippers, man. I mean, what do you make of them? It's weird, right? Is that is that fit going to work? All right, we promised a little bit of Coach Venables from his show last night, so let's bring it to you here on The Ref. Um, I've got I've got the breakdown on the two final drives from Coach V. So you ready? I'm ready. All right. Uh, I have this listed as next to last drive. With two minutes and 30, 40 seconds left, and uh, we get a first down, we win the game, and uh, we certainly – it's not what happened, but we have a couple of plays where we, we got them hatted up. Uh, you know, two different plays. We got him hatted up, and we missed a cut. Running back, I think he's still running. I'll be very honest. If you still pitcher it, there's no one there. And, uh, you know, but we, we kind of bounce back outside and got to keep it tight. We don't. And uh, and then we have a quarterback power play, and we got two on two. And, uh, you know, we we just we get kind of knife through. Uh, we don't We don't get – targeted you know as clean as you want but in the quarterback run game on defense I would I'd be terrified if they got two blockers and all I had was two defenders I've always you got to have an extra hat and we had them exactly where we wanted them and we don't get that and so we you know we're gonna potentially go for it there we got a game plan but then we, next thing you know we get a false start we got a receiver that jumps offside so now we all right let's punt and uh, we're at the 40 now. Instead of we were at the plus 35, now we're at the plus 40. We decided let's punt, let's pooch him again. We had success last time, and we got a, a, a pooch situation where we're, our, our our gunner going down has got to go and get his back to the the goal line, and uh, he doesn't do that. He uh, just a young guy that just trying to play hard, and he he lost his mind situationally, and the ball goes in the end zone. So now it's a net 20 yard punt. I. I don't think Teddy's very happy about that play. I think if you were to circle one play that nobody is really talking about, that would probably be the play that has triggered former players the most. The yeah. fact that Jacoby Johnson – and, I'll, I mean, you, you say his name. I mean, you, you watch it on tape. The kid's going to be fine. It's just in the moment where he was supposed to be down – trying to catch the ball on the one-yard line, which is about right where it hit. He got duped. He got duped. Oh, was that what it was? Or the uh, Oh, because the guy made it look like he was going to catch yeah, it. Yeah, he came out said. past the 10 or the 15 or whatever. And 
What did Teddy say about it? You, you're you drilled regardless of what you, in those situations, you go find the goal line and you be there ready to catch the punt. Your responsibility is not the return man. So it's the goal line. It's Your, your responsibility is to get to the goal line mm. in those pooch punt situations. And I think Teddy even added, not just yesterday, right, Tyler, but also on, on the podcast that, he knows it because he's seen it. He's watched them practice it. And there you get Bryn Venables that, that confirms it. It's not the kid's fault that they lost the game, right? And he'll be better for that, you hope, in the long run. But it is it's kind of a not-talked-about moment. Though I'll tell you what stood out to me from that. What and happened I, on that drive? And, and you even said it. You mean for Oklahoma or for, for Kansas? No, for Kansas. Well, that's the drive where they went down and won the football game. Well, yeah, that is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> that was the final drive for them because, you know, you get that, that, that pooch punt, and then that makes it much tougher for them. Sure, yeah. Right? I mean, then holding the end zone, safety, ball right. game, it opens up a, a different range of possibilities for sure. I, I will say, for all of the frustration and consternation over those over that final drive when the Sooners got the football back after the Ethan Downs interception with 223 to go. Boy, it really it really is frustrating when you hear a coach say this was going to be a big game and the quarterback uh, the running back chose the wrong hole. He cut the wrong way. Uh this was going to be a big play and we just had one guy kind of lose responsibility there on that quarterback power. And how does that happen? Pressure moments, man. Or, or you see something that you don't typically see, and instead of just I can be a nerd now, instead of reading your keys, instead of you know trusting the the play, you kind of go a little rogue and do your own thing. I I guess there's a lot of frustration over offensive line play is what I'm uh, is what I'm getting on social media. But I don't I don't think that that frustration with offensive line play is going to go away when we play what Brent Venables had to say about that final drive. So OU goes three and out. Let's just take you back. Interception by Ethan Downs. It's a 33-32 game. Sooners have the lead. They get the football back. They go three and out. Three plays, negative two yards. Um, The punt, well, first of all, fourth and seven, they were going for it. That's one thing that stood out, right? Fourth and seven, they were going for it. And then they had the false start, or at least trying to get KU to jump. I did you, you think hear? Th- did you hear what he said near the end of that though? He's like, we had a play, you know, and we thought that it was a play that was going to work, and then all of a sudden you got a wide receiver that jumps. So again, it might have just been a ruse, and now you look back and say we were going to go, and they were just going to fake a snap. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as someone that nope. would that would say that. Did I say fake a snap? I guess that wouldn't be the proper term. So that's. That's Brent Venable's perspective on that drive. All right, let's go a little bit deeper then. Kansas gets the football back. You have the punt go into the end zone. They start on, what, their own 25-yard line. Here's, in Brent Venable's words, what happened. I felt they were hurrying. Uh, we, we Oh, and we, let's fast forward here a little bit here. I'm sorry, I forgot. I moved ahead a bit. They get the football um, at their own 20. Sorry, it's not a, it's not a fair catch situation. Uh, it's, a, it's a touchback. So they get on their 20. Bean gets it out to the 33. Next thing you know, they're at the 50 after a big play. The Sooners defense stands up, stuffs them on first down. 
stuffs him on second down, stuffs him on third down. It's fourth and six. All right, that's where we pick up coach. A call that our guys can run in their sleep. And uh, we, we got everybody covered, good leverage, and then we lost the leverage late. And, um, uh, again, just looking back, uh, I've got 20 calls that, uh, that probably would have been better than that one. And uh, so they catch it and they, they, they go down and whatever it was, 37-yarder, we, we don't play it well outside with our leverage and whatnot. But they catch it and, uh, and then we tell – uh, you know the defense. We got to let them score now. Otherwise, they're just going to sit on the on the uh, on the ball and kick the field goal to win it. You know, just down one. So uh, we let them score to go up 38, uh, 31, and and have a really pretty good uh, plan. Uh, really do a nice job executing. There's a couple of plays in there that you know uh, nobody really notices, but the very first play we should have we we don't complete, but we've got a. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to get eight, ten yards on the right sideline on a smash concept that the, is soft. They're playing quarter soft coverage and, and let us jump out of bounds, and we don't do that. And then we've got a really well-designed uh, play where we really felt like uh, Farouk was open, and uh, we give up a little bit of pressure. We we, t we use the wrong technique uh, situationally. That's a good technique on first and ten, not a good technique uh, protection-wise on – on two minute when they're in pass rush mode. So we get quarterback flushed and he can't get a good throw off, but uh, Farouk's open uh, on a corner route. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, you know, Brennan, you know, got behind the defense and same thing if, if we're able to put a little more air underneath it, but we had to kind of sidestep, uh, we gave up a little pressure there. If he's able to put it, we might hit him in stride and scores. He's behind, completely behind the defense. But he comes back uh, and catches it, and uh, we, again, you know, hits us going into the end zone and have a chance to, to win the game there in a dramatic fashion. So did not tackle well, uh, really disappointed, uh, really, really poor tackling. Uh, didn't feel like we tracked the ball uh, well. Uh, played good on, you know, I think they were four out of seven on third down in the first half. And they were 0 for 7 on third down in the second half. So we came back, had a much better, cleaner, half in the second half and I think they were 0 for 3 on their two point uh, conversions they were 2 of 3 on fourth downs but they were 0 for 3 on two point plays and uh, and again on the day I think they were maybe 4 of uh, 16 or 17 on third down and flip side we weren't great on offense uh, on third down really good in the red zone uh, offensively although we did have a turnover on down so did they and uh, again, I thought they blocked us. Uh, their their offensive line thought they blocked us. I thought their running backs, uh, which were good, really good backs. This is a an offense. You know, sometimes the coach might give coach speak, and then sometimes he just gives you what the facts are. And uh, as I told our players for, you know, for uh, ten days, this this is a team that leads the country in explosive plays on offense. Uh, running the ball and throwing the ball, most explosive passes, the most explosive runs in college football. And they don't do it with smoke and mirrors. They do it with technique and fundamentals, and they've done a good job developing. And uh, you know, it's you know, you, so I thought they uh, we didn't play with discipline up front. We didn't play with the physicality that we had all year. And I thought we were getting nosy and looking for the ball. They were running a slow uh, mesh stretch play that uh, that was a little bit different than uh, what they had seen, but. Uh, a little bit like Wake Forest, they run a slow inside mesh. 
And what happens is if this is your gap and I'm controlling the offensive player and I've got this gap, I've got to keep my nose and my gap, my hand, my gap, side arm and leg and, and my gap. What happens when it takes a little while, the tendency is they stones, where's that ball at? And that's what burned him. I don't know if that – I found that fascinating. The uh, I saw this pop and I was just – in listening to that kind of – not editing, but doing a little cleanup on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. But the, the – the 918 writes, the play I don't think was talked about was that on the last drive for KU, we had them at fourth down, and we don't call a timeout to get in the right defensive play call. Our guys were looking lost, and they make a big play to get them down inside the red zone. Well, I mean, that I feel like, not, not disagreeing, maybe you haven't heard it, I feel like that's all Brent Venables has talked about. One of the first things he said in the postgame press conference was, I blew it. I, I should have called timeout we, there. We should have used a timeout there, and you heard it. You know, in the in the start of, of the I mean, listen to the very first way that he answers this. I felt they were hurrying. Uh, we, we, we called a call that our guys can run in their sleep. And uh, we, we got everybody covered, good leverage. And then we lost the leverage late. And, um, uh, again, just looking back, uh, I've got 20 calls that, uh, that probably would have been better than that one. So he's even looking back on it, not just saying the timeout, but also in, in the call that Oklahoma was in at that point. Yeah. Mm. It's a fascinating night, man. If you guys haven't had a chance yet, you know, the, the reason I'm, – I'm grateful. I miss not having the OKC signal, but I'm grateful that no one's throwing a fit about us being able to spend time recapping it because I think that for every single Sooner fan – you need to hear what your coach is thinking and what they went through. Now, for some of you, it makes you matter, and that's fine. That's part of being a fan. For others, it's, oh, okay, I see that. So that was, that was open, and my man hit the wrong hole. That's not pointing a finger at a player. What would, what would Brent Venable say? If they do it on the field, then they've been coached to do it. You know, that's kind of been his mindset. So, or not coached well enough to not do it. Ding, ding, ding. Either or works. Gosh, just so many opportunities to win this game, they couldn't get it done. I think that's what was most frustrating for me. This should be an 8-0 football team. It should be. Um, it should be an 8-0 football team. But on a day when they needed to be at their fundamentally best, at their best from a discipline perspective there were there were leaks there were mistakes and Kansas made to pay for it I go back to something I've shared with you in the past which is the one score games right Oklahoma was 0-5 in one score games a season ago and now they're 2-1 this year but they had been good right in one score games and close games late and this program needs to get to a point to where against an opponent like Kansas, and this is not to totally disrespect KU, they're improved, obviously. Offensively, they're really good. Andy Kotelnicki's Kotel doing a tremendous job offensively. Uh, Zabrowski, the quarterback's coach, doing a really, really good job. But you're more talented, or should be, right, to where Oklahoma needs to get in the position on a more regular basis that it's not coming down to one series or a couple of plays. 
against those types of teams, and that goes for Cincinnati late. It goes for SMU late. It goes for UCF. I mean, there have been signs along the way this season that Oklahoma still wasn't where it needed to be totally. And, again, you play with fire enough, you get burnt. Finally, Oklahoma against KU, who, again, is game and has a nice sure. offense. They, they got you. I got one more clip from Brent Venables we'll play next. Then we'll hit the preview of tonight's playoff committee, playoff ranking release. And then we'll hear from Brent Venables. 11.30 a.m., Coach V will be on the Ref Radio Network as we bring you the weekly Brent Venables press conference. But for now, we'll give you a timeout. Our two of the plank shows always is brought to you by Allison Insurance right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I honestly thought you were making bong noises because I saw Gunny on hold. I didn't have my headset on, and I just heard the bubbling of water. Are we all uh, Halloween music today? I think we have to, right? We've got a couple of submissions on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, by the oh, way, yeah? too. Thank you for that. I didn't know there was any other Halloween songs outside of, like, this. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to vet, though, to make sure that, you know. We're the audio's be... usable. Yeah, I need to make sure we're uh, family-friendly. Is there any better, though, true Halloween song than Michael Myers' music? Halloween theme? Oh, yeah. Dude. So scary. Do you think we, uh, we started watching that on Saturday night? What were we thinking, Matt? It's like it's like midnight, one thirty a.m. He's like, "Let's watch Halloween." I'm like, "Okay." Do you think they had any idea when they wrote Monster Mash that everybody <laughs> would play that song every single year? Yeah, it'd become like like, like an like, anthem. Like no way, right? I mean, I I know that was the intention, but to actually be successful with nah, it, no, not at all. Well, speaking of successful people, let's get Gunny in here. What's going on, Gunny? How are you today, man? Buenos dias, mi amigos. ¿Qué pasó? Um, is that, is that uh, hola? I see, I got to learn Spanish. It's, I'm going to Mexico. It's a good day, uh, I believe. How are you? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, BNBN, E2. Right. Look at you. I'm good. Thank you very much. But, uh, well, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot that went great Saturday. Uh, Jet Libby's play calling was <laughs> definitely not amongst some of my favorite. Jet Levy. Jet Levy. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you didn't uh, pick up. Like, that took me I a second. I was kind of proud of myself when I came up with that one. Yeah, yeah it's well good. Done. That's it's good, Johnny. That's good. <laughs> but, nah, you know, love the show. You guys do awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, what else could we really say about Saturday? Let me, let me pose this to you, Gunny, all right, because we didn't really get an update as as a member of Stutzman's Army. We need to find out what's going on here because Coach Venables said Gentry Williams was back at practice. But he said on Danny and Tawi that they're, they're just they're hopeful right now and that mm-hmm. they're, they're hopeful they'll be ready to go. As, as an official member of Stutzman's Army, how do you feel right now about Danny playing on Saturday night? Do you think he'll get to a place where he'll be able to? Well, I'm hopeful. I can definitely say that. <laughs> do you have any medicinal ways that we can try to get him better, or do you think we just need to trust the athletic trainers here? 
Yeah, I think most of my medicinal ways are uh, outlawed by the NCAA. Gotcha. Yeah, we can't lose his eligibility, that's for certain. <laughs> Certainly right. not. This is an important week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. All right, Gunny, it's great to hear your voice, Happy man. Halloween, my friend. Have a great day. Happy Halloween, everyone. Y'all have a great show. Uh, Thank you. It, get Oops, sorry, it, Gunny. Get it? Jet Levy? Jet sweeps nonstop? <laughs> that's not bad. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Got it. Um. I mentioned I had two more clips here from Brent Venables I wanted to play. Um, this was this was funny. And looking back at how the team played on Saturday, you know what's sitting in front of us right now. Uh, you know, screw around and find out. Isn't that what they say? And, and we did exactly that. And uh, you know, but our guys are again. They're they're sick. Um, they're they're sick. And uh, you know, because they they recognize you know where we fell short. And uh, and again, there's no margin for error uh, as we as we move forward. Now shows where I'm at because I'm like, oh, wait, who all sick? Yeah, I know, right? When he said that, there's probably some either insider or message board post that's like, see, I told you, 14 guys were <laughs> it's, down. It's been a flu. Bug. Told you, it's been a flu bug. Someone the other day said so and so got. Uh, hurt and proud. Oh, they're talking about Gentry Williams got hurt in practice. You need to read this website or read that message board. I'm like, no, I, no, I'm not. Because those were the ones that were telling us 14 guys were sick and that everyone was, I didn't even hear, hear a mention of an illness the entire day from anybody. And I think Brent was asked about it and kind of scoffed at it. I mean, where does that stuff even come from? But obviously the team, yeah, I mean, they're, they're torn sick. up. They're sick. They're torn up about the thing, but well, that's good to hear. You know, there's uh, the the time for moping and this and that. I mean, it's over, right? It's it's time to get back to business. You can turn that uh, frustration into some positive energy. Channel that uh, toward Bedlam this Saturday, because again, a lot of what you wanted to accomplish is still in front of Absolutely. you. Absolutely, but you got to start. You got to get back to playing good football. Here is uh, Toby asked a really good question, and then this will put an end to our, our, our BV recap. And I would challenge everyone to go download the podcast at SoonerSports.com/slash/podcast and listen to Sooner Sports Talk with Brent Venables, or wherever you consume podcasts. However you consume podcasts, things you would do differently. Uh, we started the game. The weather was pretty bad, and then we went through a period where it got decent all things considered, and uh, and that's where we went on a three straight drives where we, we do some really good things. Um, do you want, we wish you would have taken a few more shots. We had some guys that beat coverage, uh, you know, several times, and uh, so you'd like to have some of those explosive plays. You know, the explosive plays are a big deal, you know, when you look at – uh, a game like that, that a one-score game, and, and maybe when you can start to try to pull away. And uh, but everything has to be in sync, you know, as well. You know, from a protection standpoint and uh, running the routes the right way, and all those kind of things as well. So uh, we need to, you know, we need to have more explosive plays, and we need to be able to run the ball more effectively, stronger uh, with someone other than Tawi. So. For those of you that are in the uh, – for Trey. There you go, buddy. There's your clip. You take that thing and play that on repeat. Now, Coach V was very quick to say, listen, you got to run the routes the right way. You got to 
You got to block it up. Trey, I need you to get more on board with trying to support this team because you're turning me against Jackson Arnold, and I don't want to feel that way. Jackson Arnold? Oh, oh, I see I see what you're saying, right, because he's destroying Dylan so much. It's, it's like you're just setting him up to fail. Yes. You're, you're poisoning my mind. Mr. Sports, quickly, let's get the last word in this segment. From Brent, from Gunny to Brent Venables to Mr. Sports, is, is there a better content sandwich in the planet? What's up, Mr. Sports? Happy Spooksters Day, fellas. What's happening? It is Halloween, man. So I'm sure I have indeed. I'm sure I have responsibilities or things I've got to do that I don't know of yet, but I'm excited. A about happy it. day already, of the dead to you both. <laughs> you already carved the pumpkin, Chris, and all that. Yeah. Got all that out of the way. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, you're up on it. You're up on it. Well, this is day three now of me uh, defending Jeff Levy, uh, you know, on social media. I noticed it's that. Just it just drives me crazy. These people are just, you know, of all the things that went wrong on Saturday, but they're just focused on that one thing. And I, I guess it's a scapegoat type deal. I don't know. But uh, anyway, on to a brighter note, I'd like to know, fellas, what y'all think the over and under is that the boss is going to meet Gundy at half. It's 50 yard line. <laughs> uh, so that would be, well, and here's the thing. Boz is at, Everything now. I mean, he is everywhere, and it's really, really cool to see. So he'll be there on Saturday afternoon into the evening. But I think the whole thing will be just let the game be the game. I don't need Boz and Gundy throwing hands at half. Though that would be pretty funny, right? Good little flashback. I- I'm here well, I for thought it. I- was pretty. I thought the tweet was pretty, pretty dang classic, though. You know, I mean, uh, it, Bedlam week. You know, you gotta love it. So. uh but anyway, fellas, uh, as as Gunny said, let me second it. You guys got the best show on radio today, and uh, you guys have a great day. Thank you, Mister Sports. Thank you. Very kind. I mentioned that the uh, the numbers in a three game stretch for one Ollie Gordon are historic. Uh, Caden McFarlane, our buddy up in Tulsa, I think he's still at Channel Two did a comparison of Adrian Peterson's best three-game stretch of rushing yards was 560, uh, 554, mm-hmm. and Ollie Gordon in his last two games, 553. So it shows you just how special this has been yeah, for Ollie Yeah, he's, he's getting chunk yardage. That's incredible. And what's been a problem for Oklahoma the last couple of weeks? Chunk plays. So they got to get it figured out. Quick check of the texts next. Then special guest joins us on the ref. Not that... Travis in Tulsa literally just hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line with this. I've watched a lot of Ollie Gordon. What I'm confused about is did they just forget he was on their roster? So Mike Gundy addressed that, if not last week, I think it was the the week before when he said, listen, I'm, we had a lot of guys that we were trying to, to work through on the roster. Remember Oklahoma State had – They'd lost a couple of guys to the transfer portal that they thought might be dudes that could help them at the running back position. I want to say they they brought in a, a few dudes too. So they were, what's the best way to put it, Josh? Going through it and trying to figure out what they were at the running back position and then in that, what they were at the quarterback position. I, I spent a lot of last segment kind of you know, questioning if Alan Bowman can beat you with his arm. But at the very least, Josh, they've, they've committed to him. They've given him the rock. Instead of playing 
you know, three quarterbacks in a game. And then they they worked through whether or not it was going to be Jaden Nixon or Elijah Collins, I think, is in that mix too. And in the end, it you know, after giving those guys an opportunity, I think I think Nixon was their leading rusher for the Arizona State game. And uh, for Elijah Collins, the senior, they they were giving him the ball. You know, first three – let me just give you a a comparison here. Elijah Collins, first three games of the season, eight carries, eight carries, nine carries. Since then, in the most recent three games, combined five carries in those games. Now, they're still using Jaden Nixon a little bit more, but – he went six, seven, five, six carries against Central Arkansas, seven against Arkansas State, and then five against South Alabama. But I mean, he he hasn't been used a lot. Had seven carries against Kansas, but for the most part, they they figured it out. It was just again, it was. I said this last week, and some people got mad, but it was. I think as simple as finding out, Josh, which direction they wanted to go at that position. And they were going to give everyone an opportunity from a, a youngster who has a tremendous upside, highly touted Jay Nixon to the Michigan State transfer in Elijah Collins. And then, of course, uh, the dude that had been there in Ali Gordon. And then, lo and behold, this, this, this sophomore back, just he's that dude. Yeah, it's amazing that this offense was so bad against South Alabama when you were still trying to figure out, okay, is it Gundy? Is it Bowman? Is it Rangel? Right? I mean, is it mm-hmm. is Ollie Gordon going to get the bulk of the carries? Is it Collins? As soon as you shifted to Ollie Gordon being your lead back and Bowman being your quarterback, magically all of a sudden you weren't putting yeah. seven points up versus South Alabama. Yeah, exactly. All right, a um, couple of other quick t- – but that, that's the, the answer, right? That's the answer. Why? How could they not let him play or use him more? You know, Gundy said, I was trying to rotate guys in. Ali Gordon's having a great year, writes Cruton Therapist, and he's still almost 500 yards behind Barry Sanders in 1988 after seven games. But keep in mind, he only had a handful of carries in those first three. Uh, I got to watch that 88 Bedlam game in person. Sanders was another level. Mike Gundy said that Barry Sanders used to eat candy all the time. That was his thing. He just ate candy nonstop. <laughs> if you're Barry Sanders, you can eat whatever the heck you want. It don't matter, I man. I guess so. Um, and, and that's a different era back then, baby. That's like, I know, right? Nutrition was like, that's for dorks. Here you go. Uh, this is from Mark from Enid. Yeah, who I think, Mark, everyone's – it's your fault that everyone's sending in picks on the text line. You started this. Yeah, yeah, have to run routes right, this and that, but for the love, quit calling the same stuff when it isn't working. You know the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Hallelujah, holy bleep. Is that an Einstein quote? I believe it is. Continue to do the same thing over and over, expect it to change. The definition of insanity is from Einstein? Yeah. Maybe. Sounds like he's, he was insane, too, wasn't he? Well, he couldn't pass those classes, but you know what? He was pretty smart otherwise. De- Derek writes, want to see heads explode? Have Gundy and Boz shake hands at the 50. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Clint writes, heavy sigh. None of this is healthy. I'm glad he sees what was missing. The question is, why were all things missing 
at why were all those things missing and what makes anyone think next time will be different. Yeah. In other words, that's great that we can identify what went wrong after the fact, but how come we can't fix it in the moment? Preach. Preach. All right. Hey, when we come back tonight, it's the start of hoops season on campus for Oklahoma. Women's basketball takes on West Texas A&M. We're going to be joined by Joshua Prock, who is uh, a Sooner. But he's bringing his West Texas A&M squad in for the first time since 1987. We'll talk with him next right here on The Ref. Hey, tonight in the LNC, we get a little hoop, some exhibition action. Oklahoma women's basketball team takes on West Texas A&M. Uh, we're joined by the head coach of West Texas A&M, Joshua Prock, is in the house. First time that he's been able to bring his team to Norman. What, Joshua, since you've been head coach, is this the first time you've got to coach in the LNC? Uh-oh, do we have coach? Do we lose him? We should have him. Uh-oh, that might be – look, Josh is – he is staring. Hey, oh, there you are. There he is. What's going on, there coach? Go. How are you, man? Hey. Hey, hey, how are you doing? Good, good, Chris. Yeah, it's been since 2005 since I've been back here, so it's been good. What? Uh, take everyone through your history because you've been coaching at West Texas A&M for a while, but now uh, we we need to realize that you were a part of some pretty special teams here at Oklahoma, weren't you? Yeah, Chris. So I, I started there in 98, 2005. I worked with uh, Calvin Sampson. Um, I worked you know, worked with Hollis Price, and Qantas White, and Eduardo Nahara, and I saw my first year here. I see uh, Ryan Humphrey walking in the building right now. Um, so I was here one year with him, and um, so yeah, no, definitely very special teams, a lot of special moments, and uh, so now I was very excited. What what landed yeah. you at West, uh, West Texas A and M? How'd you end up there, and uh, what what's it been like to run your own program? Oh, it's you know it's awesome. This is what you prepare for, you know, Chris. I mean, coach did a tremendous job of you know. Teaching us, mentoring us to uh, get ready for this moment. I, you know, I started off at, like I said, like at Oklahoma, then jumped around a little bit on the men's side. Um, decided to switch over, started coaching girls at Howard Payne University, a Division three school, then went to Eastern New Mexico for a few years, and of course, like you said, ended up here at West Texas A&M. And just, it's been an amazing journey. It's been a lot of fun. Um, super excited to uh, to be back. It's very, it's very nostalgic, Chris. I'm not gonna lie. This is uh, a pretty cool moment. You know, I was thinking about that too, uh, Coach, not to make it about me, but whenever I went back to Tulsa this year, it was it was wild because it had been, you know, so long since I had been back there in like an official capacity. So I would imagine for you it does bring back some pretty great memories because, you know, we saw you at the celebration of the Final Four team this last offseason. I mean, there was some some pretty incredible moments that you were a part of. Yeah, the, the, that Final Four was just amazing. I mean, you know, this little, being a little student assistant, graduate assistant, GA, whatever – you know, you're sitting there at the Final Four, and you feel like 70,000 people are actually looking at you, but they really don't even care who you are. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's, a, no, it's, a, it's a great moment, a lot of great moments. still remember that well, we beat Bobby Knight here on a Hollis Price last-second shot. I still think he's mad to this day that we got him here on that day. <laughs> um, but, no, a lot of great moments. The fans here are just simply the best. Um, you know, we can name so many people here that were so great to us over the years and still are. And just, a, just a wonderful place and a, wonderful to be back. Uh, Coach Joshua Prock joins us. West Texas A&M is scoring off against Oklahoma in the first hoops game of 2023. Uh, Six o'clock tonight. Uh, tickets available at Centersports.com slash tickets. But, Coach, tell me a little bit about your team. What can we expect to see from the Lady Buffs tonight? 
Yeah, no, we're. Uh, I really like our team. I mean, Chris, I think we got a chance to uh, do some pretty special things this year. I mean, we got a lot of versatility in our backcourt. Um, you know, you know, basketball is moving towards more of a positionless game, and I think we've got guards that can play several positions. I really like our front court. We got some good size, you know, for our level. I think that they play really well together. So we'll we'll be able to do some really good things. I mean, obviously, Coach Baranchek, I know you've just done a phenomenal job since she's been here. Um, you know, we've taught our girls how fast they play. We got to be ready for that. Um, they're going to get out and run. So it'll be a great test for us. But no, we're we're very very excited to be here. We're very excited about this season. We actually tip off this weekend in Lubbock, down at Lubbock Christian. So we actually start our regular season this coming weekend. Oh, wow. Hey, no blink. Uh, no chance to blink. The season's here. Hey, I, I know you're busy, so just a couple more and I'll let you get out of here. First, I'm curious, what have you? how much do you scout for something like this? Obviously, it's an exhibition. It's a great measuring stick for your, your student-athletes, your kids. How do you prepare? Do you go through a full game plan? Do you, do you treat it like a regular season game? We do. We do, Chris, just because we want to get our kids used to what that's going to look like, obviously, this coming weekend for us. So we do. We prepare like it's a regular season game. You know, obviously, Oklahoma's got a, uh, a few new parts that are going to be very instrumental in their success here, here, this year. So we've been able to go back and look at their them at their places that they've been. Um, but, no, we, Chris, we do. We, we prepare this like it's a regular season game to get ourselves ready for, like I said, this coming weekend. So what have you thought? What, what kind of caught your eye? whole new look for OU this year. Taylor Robertson gone. Maddie Williams gone. Ana Yanusa gone. Uh, but some exciting young players, a couple of transfers. What have you made of this Oklahoma team as you've prepared for them? I think you, you hit on the, the, the transfers. I mean, I think they brought in some kids that are going to really help them this year. Um, you got, I mean, you got Skyler Van back this year. I mean, you know, that little guard they got, the little five three guy, the top kid can really push the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're, they're going to be able to play the same way, Chris. I mean, we've taught our girls how fast they play. And like I said, we're, just a big shout out to Coach Baranchek and her staff for having us back. This is just a true honor for us to be here. So we're very grateful. They're going to be really good this year, obviously. Only game I'm rooting against them is obviously tonight, but other than that, we'll be rooting totally in their corner after tonight. Hey, I, I'm I'm really excited uh, that you get a chance to bring your team here. You mentioned Coach Bronchek making it happen. Take us through the process. How do you get uh, a game like this scheduled? You know, we we reached out. We actually this was actually on the schedule for last year, but we had to move it due to some scheduling difficulties. But we just reached out and. Asked if we could uh, come back, and they said absolutely. We'd love to have love to have our alumni back and stuff like that. So, no, we're we're excited to be here and looking forward to. Uh, that's kind of how it happens. Just reach out, and get the contract signed, and uh, get going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it, one more quick one. I'll let you get out of here. I know that you you follow all things Oklahoma still from afar while you're working out of West Texas A and M. It's been a great start for football and the daughters all in a what softball right now. Those are two uh, fun teams for you to follow. Then I guess when you're out and about, right? Yeah, no, I mean, Chris, well, one of these days I'm going to get her up here and introduce her to you, buddy, and she'll uh, take you on in any trivia questions you want to do with OU softball. That, that girl knows everything about OU softball. She's watching the Battle Series and everything, so she can tell you all about it. JT Gasso would love her. He's a big OU softball historian there, so that'll be fun. Uh, and then just, hey, a final thought. You, you mentioned full circle moment, uh, Josh. What, what has it been like emotionally for you to come back to a place where, I mean, it's fair to say it all started for you in your coaching uh, path? Yeah, it did, Chris. It, it, it is. It's just a ton of great memories, ton of appreciation. I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without this place, obviously without a guy like Coach Sampson in my life and uh, – so just very appreciative, very grateful, very thankful. And just to walk down this tunnel, you know, tonight for the game is just going to be very nostalgic for me. All right, buddy. 
Joshua Proc, West Texas A&M. I really appreciate you finding time for us, man. Thanks for coming on, and uh, have right. a blast Thanks, tonight. Chris. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you, man. All right, we'll see you. That's uh, Josh Proc. So I met Josh this summer. Great guy. At the Final Four celebration. Now everything runs together. That might have been last summer, actually. Don't be a stranger. Was. I think it was. It was last summer. Holy smokes. As he uh, takes a rocket ship in the profession. That's right. And then he said to me, he goes, I don't know why it would ever precursor anything by saying and then he said to me but he said hey i we're diehard softball fans we follow we listen to the ref i'm bringing my team up next year in a couple of years you ought to come watch us play so unfortunately it's on halloween and apparently i have to hand out candy tonight to the nobody that's going to come by my house <laughs> but i am yeah very... i mean how many trick-or-treaters do you guys get we get none but we hey listen I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. Don't you be trying to take advantage of it. But there is one heck of a family-friendly party that's being held, a Halloween party that's held in old Washington every single year. Every single year. All right, when we come back on The Ref, let's dive into the top five stories of the day. We did take our 45 break, right? We did, yeah. We actually took it on time. That's why I'm panicking right now. It's I, I like, know. wait, we have time right now? We're good? <laughs> we're all we, out of sorts. Hey, we're out at 11.30 today. Brent Venables is going to take over the Brent Venables press conference. So uh, you've had the sneak peek uh, in, in everything that he said last night. If you missed it, go back and listen earlier in the hour. I need to do a better job of putting those out on social media too. But uh, Brent Venables press conference coming up in 30 minutes from now. In the meantime – your text, 405-651-3439. We've got the top five stories of the day and much, much more coming up as we roll into the final hour of the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.